Welcome, reanimated fans, to this week's episode of We Are. I am AJ Conrad here, as always, with my intrepid co-host Stuart Chippen. <laughs> Hello, Stuart. Even more intrepid than usual. Hello, AJ. Glad to be here among the living. Hmm. Uh, battle, battling some some viruses today, I suppose. Uh, I think I I feel like it's pretty much at peak right now with like a triumvirate of different things going around. So yeah. Um, it's yeah. hard to even like figure out which thing you have at this point. Like you have a COVID test, but you don't have an RSV test or a flu test. Right. right. So we we ruled out like thirty three percent of what right. of what might be ravaging my household right now. But well, there is a flu AB test, but if it's something else, you know, forget it. So in any case, I I, I hope you're on the upswing and that your whole family's on the upswing. And you know, but in the meantime, we're going to talk about. Um, so, some undead things. So in this case, it's vampires. So we're talking about the first couple of episodes of the interview with the vampire series, um, which has definitely been retooled a bit. Um, and I think some really good decisions here and a, and a pretty good cast. Um, so I'm excited to talk about this with you. Um, not it, we, we actually have no news today, which is unusual, but that's good since we have two episodes to chat about. I feel like it happens a few times a year, but it's always a little disturbing when it yeah, happens. Yeah, when there's like nothing, right? So, um, but maybe it's just sort of like the quiet after the storm, given that the, you know, the, the OG Walking Dead wrapped up and it's the holidays sort of starting to go into full swing. So, yeah. in any case, we'll have a little bit of more time to talk about our, our recap summary. Um, so do you want to to kick off the discussion? I mean, I think I I should say, I mean, did you read these books when you were like in school? Because I remember Ooh. reading these in like junior high, I think, or or maybe maybe early high school. And that... I, I couldn't tell you exactly when it might have been high school. It might have been afterwards. Uh, so I was thinking like, wow, I really should have reread this book and rewatched the Brad Pitt movie before watching the show just for that frame of reference that would have been probably good homework to do but then again who has all that time uh but yeah so it's been decades since i've read this book don't have super clear memories of it other than i i just and maybe this is me painting it weirdly in my head you know in the rear view but i I remember lestat being way more evil than he seems to be so far in this show yeah, well, so it's interesting. So I I was a huge fan of the books in high school. I mean, I thought that they were kind of like, um, yeah. To me, these are like um, like beach books and things like that. Like they're they're lighter. And I mean, Anne Rice definitely was in the sort of like gothic horror novel tradition, and she definitely did this with a lot of her series. I remember thinking at the time, what an interesting thing it was to build her own mythology around, you know, vampirism. And she did create this really cool world and clearly loved San Francisco and New Orleans, I would say. Um, So even, you know, in addition to the mythology, she she sort of built around her world of vampires. um, It was also very much uh, like a, uh, a love letter to New Orleans and to and to San Francisco to some extent. Um, and she sort of builds that out also um, in some of her other series also, which are now getting um, another series like the the Mayfair Witches. Um, that whole sort of series is is coming out soon, too. Um, but the Brad Pitt movie, the Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt movie um, and Kirsten Dunst. Right. Um, but the, that was. Yeah. 
I mean, that was, you know, other than a couple of things that was kind of in line with um, the story that she told. I feel like this is a reimagining, retelling. They made some adjustments here, which I think honestly were necessary, especially when you look at it through a modern lens. Um, but and and there's some things that I think that they do. Um, this is a really good cast. I I, I think the cast is excellent. Um, but the biggest sort of like retelling and the part that I think I was like, well, what are they? When I heard they were first coming out with this, I was like, oh, because there's some problematic things in the books. Like, you know, like Louis um, uh, du, or Pont du Lac is, you know, the son of a plantation owner. Um, and so there's that, and there's a whole sort of like subset of things going on with the enslaved people in the book. Um, Lestat is definitely evil, but I feel like in her other books, like her books about Lestat, she paints him in a different light. Um, and you get a little bit more of a sympathetic view, although it is also written exclusively from Lestat's point of view as a response to the first, you know, book because he's so hurt by what Louis has written. Which is kind of, you know, he's a bit, you know, he's narcissistic and like whatever. That's, so that's also- what I mean. I, I do remember the Lestat book. Is it Was it called Lestat? I think it was. It's called The Vampire Lestat. The Vampire yeah. Lestat. Uh, that one I remember being, you know, much more Lestat oriented. But the interview, I just, I do recall it being, well, yeah. But my memory is quite not what it was. Um, they, They've made a lot of changes here, obviously, like you're saying. Uh, but although... You know, and I when I was talking about this with you before on the podcast, I mentioned that Louis was not a plantation owner, but I guess actually he was. It's just mm-hmm. that they've they've like taken the story and moved it forward ten a years, little bit. yeah, 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 or more um, actually, because this is set in the book was set in 1791, mm-hmm. and this is set in 1910, so actually it's like 110 years. Yeah, yeah. The so future. they've shifted it, um, but also Louis is is. Um, like biracial and there's a lot more the cast is is multiracial which um you know and i think moving it forward into new orleans that makes total sense um but i actually think it all works um and i also really love the sort of tweak that they do um because in the you know sort of the opening here the whole interview with the vampire is very much sort of like there it isn't like sort of a look back it's it's like happening in the moment and it's the you know the flashbacks happen because of the interview happening but it's all happening in this like uh, apartment or hotel room with the with the author person and in this case he's done the interview and this is flashing forward when he's kind of at the end of his life or or having like a pretty significant health issue but he's in his probably like 70s is that what right i I don't remember exactly how old he's supposed to be the um that's what it feels like yeah you're talking about daniel malloy yeah 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 played by eric bogosian who's a a pretty interesting actor who's done a lot of stuff yeah so so that's kind of a cool point of view um so i don't know i i liked i liked that aspect and i thought that that worked incredibly well um and just that this was this thing that haunted daniel malloy ever since it happened. And um, I don't know. I, I just think that that was like a very cool uh, way to tell this story. So I loved that decision. And I, I also I really like of, the uh, fake like masterclass ad that the show yeah. starts off with where it's yeah. like, you're going right. to learn that sources are your Sherpas and your editors, your priest and all this BS. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could kind of get a feel that he thinks most of it's bullshit too, as he's watching yep. his own ad. Um, yeah. 
And then so he doesn't waste any time and rust hustling off to the UAE to meet with Louis when he gets the uh, the tapes of the original interview. Um, and that's just a cool way to to revisit. It's been it's two, it's 2022 in the show. It's Ju- June or July 2022. Uh, the original interviews were in 1973 or 76. Yeah, something like that. Yep. Um and there they are just rehashing it and it's uh it's just it's cool like they they do a lot of work here um without explaining everything to you about how like the original interview kind of broke down with Malloy basically asking to be given vampirism yeah uh and Louis kind of saying no i feel like you're missing the point uh but yeah i thought that was an interesting way to start it off also just like any glimpse into Louis's existence in in uh is it Dubai? Yeah, it's Dubai. Mm-hmm. Uh is is fascinating because he has all these staff uh especially in the second episode where you see all of these um like wait staff and servers uh his like attendant his, the the guy who he knows, you know, they're on a first name basis who is his uh main course. Um I think I just think all the glimpses into the way he's living his life are fascinating there too. Right. And I mean the things that they tweak here. So, you know, Daniel Molloy in the books eventually does become a vampire. Like I think vampire Armand makes him a vampire, but all that does, well at least in the movie. Ooh. Yeah. I think in the movie, but I don't think that in the books, I think it's Armand who does it. Um, I, I will admit, like, I I definitely read like the first three, but after I would say the strongest of the books, in my opinion, were the first two books. And then after that, to me, it went off the rails a little bit um, for me anyway. I, I know some people really are into these and I'm not, you know, sort of making any judgment call on that. Um, but, um, you know, I, I think they just sort of it was almost like. There was a really well thought out plot and then things start to contradict and weird things happen and you're like, oh, I don't know about that. Um, But I kind of feel like that sometimes happens with a lot of these book series and franchises and things like that. And I thought that the Mayfair Witches, similarly, the first two books were the strongest and then Mm -hmm. it got, again, went off the rails. And also, she eventually has all these worlds overlap, too. So there's like... I think Lestat shows up in the Mayfair Witches at some point. Well, there's um, a reference to the Mayfair Witches even in this episode. Well, yeah. at least that's what the tr- you know the trivia wants you to think, because yeah. when his brother Paul says about Grace w- when she's marrying a Baptist and they have to jump over a broom, yeah, yep. that they'll uh, they're gonna make her into a witch. But that's like I think the extent of the reference to the Mayfair Witches. It's there's just something really... earlier. There's something earlier where they mention it too uh, in the the beginning. But it, it, again. They're they're I think they're trying to have some crossover here at some point, I think, obviously. But I mean, why not? Um, you know, so um, but anyway, uh, I really like the relationship between Paul and uh, and Louis. I thought that yep. that was really well done. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul's obviously a, a, a troubled character and um, Louis is troubled in his own ways. The two of them are at odds and yet they have these moments of of uh, of real like peace and and charming sort of especially that tap dance scene at the mm-hmm. wedding uh and the the beginning of the roof scene <laughs> they're oh, really yeah. sweet they're really sweet moments uh but but obviously that doesn't pan out and uh it, it feels like a real disservice to louis that his mother blames him for paul's death but uh well I and i mean there's a, i mean there's also a lot of undertones here i mean the the louis 
Um, and they do look, there is definitely homoeroticism within and, and ideas in the vampire chronicles, um, in the books. Um, though this is much more overt in terms of how they talk about it, um, and how they show it. And, uh, even with Louis sort of like how he's figuring this out about himself or how you find this out about him, um, is, is much more overt, um, between, you know, um, you know, the, him and uh, like having needing cover for for having some of these interactions. Um, and then the mother's sort of this implication that he's to blame and she knows a little bit. And, and you know, it, it's there. There's some underlying tensions and narratives here that I think were really well done and cleverly done and really just um interesting and complex and i thought just the especially with like the, the things with his brother um i thought that it was artfully done that it was like such a joyful thing that they both went through and they did the dance and then i didn't fully see that coming um no how could you though, um and i know his brother was like mentally ill in the in the books but i don't think it was i think it was sort of like he was more of a I think they play this up very, very well. Did he have um, siblings in the book? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. His younger brother does die in a in a kind of like a not. I think he in a similar way. Again, it's been a while since I read them, and I probably I should have reread them. But um, there is this um, you know, the, he's got uh some kind of um mental illness and becomes very religious in the books. I think um so they they do play up that to a certain extent here but it seems but i really wasn't expecting it even in the moment that it happened um so that was really really well done um so and then there's also the obvious issues which is that louis is you know immortal and there's this whole like i i actually thought the scene where he's becoming a vampire and how frustrated lestat is getting with him because he's just like come on get on with it you're not human anymore and and there is somewhat some dark humor sort of in how they play that all out um in this in this whole thing um we're kind of that's kind of getting in more into the second episode uh and and i did want to at least talk a little bit more about the uh the way that Louis is treated um, as a member of the society in New Orleans. It's uh, mm -hmm. the the show and Louis's you know recounting of the of his story to Malloy pays a lot of attention to these men that he is in their circle, but also held outside yeah. of it. And uh, they do a lot of good work in these scenes, and it's part of how Lestat gets into his into his um trust i guess in a way in in how he just addresses it head on albeit in his head telepathically mm. uh and i thought that those were really good scenes too um this is the thing lestat just continuously although like their first meeting is really fraught because he's also chatting up louis uh it's not really his girlfriend it's like his beard in a way it's this woman that he's admitted is where he is who he thinks he should be pretending to be in love with, even mm -hmm. though he's attracted to men. Uh, but, but as, as they go on, Lestat is continuously making like, he's saying the right things over and over again. He's, he seems like such a reasonable, nice guy. Uh, and, and, and by the end of this episode, when he's convincing Louis to voluntarily 
uh, become a vampire. Uh, half of it is like Louis saying, you know, his arguments were so logical, but the other half is this guy can also hypnotize people. <laughs> so yeah. it felt a little bit like, well, I don't know which one this is, but um, I just think that the script and the actor who's playing Lestat, uh, what's his name? Jim Reed or something like that. Um, does he's, he's doing a pretty good job of being earnest I don't know. Uh, it feels like a good performance to me. I, I think it's a very good performance. And I think, you know, part of the whole. Sam um, Reed, sorry. Yeah. Uh, part of the whole, you know, idea of Lestat and w his interactions with Louis is that um, he is very clever. He's very charming. Um, he definitely knows how to manipulate. Um, but he's also giving attention in a way and talking about things in a way that things that Louis has been hiding for a very long time. Um, and so, or felt like he could not be open about it. So it, you could feel that sort of like palpable relief relief when he's actually being open with Lestat um, in that, you know, in that first sort of like really intense scene with them where like, you know, that, that is something that I thought was really well done. Um, and I think he plays sort of like the core of what the character of Lestat is supposed to be um and and does it very well and you know even in the narrative louis is like oh i was being hunted basically and you do get this feeling like he's ve being very careful and i do think that that you feel the weight or the um you know lestat has time to play with like he can do this all night basically <laughs> you know or or however long he needs to like he's playing the long game here so it's not like like, it's interesting because I feel like they do a really good job of showing sort of the urgency of the timeline to Louis, to that how it feels to Louis, but also how patient Lestat is. Well, um, if you think about the timeline of the show, the first episode is probably over a few months. Right. The second is like seven years. Right. So like it's all, like, just all of a sudden time is just, you know, it like he, yep. and there's obviously parts of the story where he's like hasn't gone to visit his sister uh, mm -hmm. in the time that she's had three babies yep. um, and it's, he's just like yeah sorry I've been busy <laughs> like, yep. what you live half a mile away like yeah. I, I that I find that a little difficult to uh, to understand but obviously not a vampire so right um, and then there's also just sort of the things like the the huge and glaring differences in their world and how shocking it seems to Louis um, but also there's these things that are incredibly attractive like um, Lestat say, as you said, Lestat saying all the right things in terms of like talking about all the taboo things that nobody wants to talk about. And remember, Lestat is, you know, this um, sort of like setting him up itself up to be this really well established sort of uh, noble, you know, rich guy. And, you know, the sort of society that Louis is not fully accepted in, but is still sort of operating in and operating in and like has actually a lot of power because you know all these people who are kind of keeping them out of sort of formal society are going to the like the, the different like brothels and things like that that he is helping to run um and so you know it the attraction to Lestat is is makes sense right um and that he gives him he gives he's like oh no i'm affirming that you are important and uh, and I think he kind of enjoys watching Lestat play with the other people, you know, and manipulate them. And um, 
so so it's it's kind of I feel like the way that they have written this and the way that the story unfolds is 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 really well done. Um, and but then it takes it up to such a notch, like like Louis still sort of living by his his old rules, like because he's just like, oh, I feel like you know he he's still struggling with a lot of the the things that he's been raised in and the society that he's been raised in and his belief system. So like. Um, what to me one of the biggest like scenes like was when he goes um, um, to the church to confess and you know he does feel guilty about his brother's death and things like that but like when he goes to the church and then can't even find solace there because Lestat is like murdering all the priests um, that I thought was just incredibly it just shows a very different plane of existence that they are both on right yeah, um, there's definitely so- no uh no safe haven in this world, uh, not from Lestat anyway. No. Um, but, you know, like, yeah. So in that scene, Lestat breaks into the church, tears open the confessional, murders the priest very bloodily, mm-hmm. then uh, punches his fist through the other priest's whole head um, and closes those doors with his mind and like slows down time, which we've already seen him stop time, but we're we're seeing a lot of like crazy vampire powers in this scene, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I thought was pretty cool. Like it's a bit of a showcase, uh, and and a lot of these first two episodes just go to show you vampire powers, what they can do. Uh, and I thought that those were those were good. Those were educational. But this scene, that's the church scene specifically, is kind of where he just puts it all out there. Uh, well, and then and he, right like, after he's done all those mur- that those two grisly murders, then he's all like caring and and making that like you know that appeal to louis to be like hey let's let's just hang out together and be vampires this is gonna be great that it's very funny contra you know when you put those two together the juxtaposition right and there's like and there's so much at play here where it's like louis has such catholic guilt which you know the stats kind of like oh isn't that so so cute and you know you see a lot of that like playing up here and the stats like you don't need to worry about any of this like if you do this, you're gonna be in a world. This, none of this matters anymore. Um, and you know, Louis clearly holds on to some of that, which is clear. But like, and that's the whole point in the book is that Louis does sort of like Louis is the most um, kind of human vampire um, out of anything. Everybody else has like a different. It, like it does not ha- like sort of retain this empathy or even sympathy for humans like humans are now prey and all that kind of thing um but even sort of the idea that somehow like you know all the this this sort of cornerstone of louis psyche and existence like that the church is like the safe haven that he needs to confess and feel guilt and things like that and and lestat's just looking to blow that all up in his kind of crazy sociopathic way right um and that there's this blasphemous aspect to it that louis is just having a very hard time um on so many levels like even even you know with not just the priest but just in general um so i don't know i thought that this was incredibly well done and keeps the the basis of this um character um in play so i really love the the way that this relationship plays out especially in the first episode also it's beautiful like everything is beautiful about this it, yeah it's it the production really good. value is super high for sure Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like a lot of really old vehicles, uh, and the costumes are, are great. And uh, you're you're going into the yeah, none, none of the street, none of the sets look too much like sets, which is a relief. Um, 
in the second episode, I think we're there. Um, yeah. It, it kind of opens with Malloy looking at a painting and uh, um, the, the servant of Louis tells him that it's like uh, by this guy, Marius, who is, a, you know, a um, yeah. contemporary of such and such uh, from like the Renaissance, I think. Also a big uh, nod to people who are familiar with the uh, with the plot. I think Marius was Armand's uh, maker, maker, probably. Yep. Yep. And he's one of the older vampires in the world uh, because I think he goes back to like the Roman times. Um, if, you know, if if they're going to introduce his character later, that could be pretty interesting. But I think that was pretty deep in the novels. That was like after the vampire list, that, as yep. I recall. Yep. yep. But uh, those that was kind of an interesting nod to uh, to folks who are familiar with some of the lore, I guess, of the world. Um, this is just an interesting setup for the continuation of their interview. I think it's the same day as the day that Malloy gets there. Uh, and he's he's ushered into a dining room where they're like, all right, uh, Louis will join you at the seventh course. <laughs> and then yep. they're bringing in all these, honestly, these massive to me, massive plates of food for something that's going to be multiple courses. And it, it goes more than seven, mm-hmm. uh, like an entire pig's foot. I mean, no, I'm sorry. You're going to mm-hmm. have to shave like tiny bits off of that. Uh, it, yeah, I, th- I think if you're going to do a huge dinner like that, it's got to be teeny tiny. It's like they're doing this gourmet thing, but Louis is eating some pretty awful things. So it's he's funny like... how he does a progressive dinner, too. Uh, I think that was also just like, yeah, you know, uh, you're going to have like 10 courses. I'll have three, but it's going to be a bag of blood mm-hmm. uh, and then a fox and then Domek, which yeah. I think it was supposed to be kind of amusing, even though the what they're talking about is quite serious. Mm-hmm. Although the scene with Domek is supposed to be comedy, I'm pretty sure, because he's just like, hey, do you, how do you like Dubai? You go to Kite Beach. There's kites there, which is just you know kind of funny. And then he gets up and tries to walk away and falls over because he's so he's, he's lost so much blood. Uh, and you're just like, yeah, this is Domek is funny, I guess, uh, even though he just got drained of blood by a vampire. It's hilarious. Mm um and then you know this is the whole um this is this is the episode where it's like they talk about how um or they show how you know louis is learning how to be a a a vampire like his new powers um yeah to this end i feel like jacob anderson the actor who's playing louis has changed the way he walks in this episode definitely definitely like he has he's embodied like a new persona a little more predatory and i thought that was an interesting maybe a little too on the nose but if it was just noticeable and i liked it no i liked it too and you know but how he struggles with um you know this whole this whole thing where it's you know he's trying to learn like what he's supposed to do and and he's kind of Lestat's just kind of like you know not he's Lestat is not very sensitive to some of the struggles that Louis is going through. I don't know. Thing, um, he, sort- he's so patient with it in a way, right? Like the only time he like yells at Louis is when Louis actually yells at him uh, mm. about the tenor, which I, honestly, I love that whole opera situation too. But that yeah. like, that's been a whole episode and it's been like six years if, mm-hmm. in, in their timeline of them going back and forth and Louis kind of co- constantly moaning and groaning to Lestat. And almost, almost every time 
Lestat is there to be like, don't worry, this is going to be great. Let's do this. Let's do that. I've got you. I mean, maybe he's not like meeting Louis where he's coming from, but he's right. he's at least being, to me, very patient. It's kind of funny because Lestat's like, oh, why? Like, you should be enjoying playing with your food almost, right? Like, because Lestat really enjoys, like, the hunt and the tease and doesn't really fully get why Louis does not. Um, and, and I do think in this way, they are showing much more of a sympathetic view of Lestat generally, um, than they do in the book. Um, and I feel like an easy fix for this, for Louis or Lestat to, to notice that Louis needs a little nudge would be to find bad people. Right. Because right, right. like their first guy that they go after that salesman, like farmer, the salesman guy, right? The tractor, like, tractor salesman who's like talking about his daughter. Like, of course, that's going to be tough for a new guy. You would think, I don't know, like find, find somebody on Liberty street or who, somebody who's less uh, sympathetic. But... Yeah. I, you know? Yeah. So, so there is that, that whole sort of tension. Um, And, you know, and then there's a lot, again, there's like a lot of like, um, like mischievous uh like sort of hunting and and just like this this dark sense of humor that Lestat definitely has um and he does like to tease Louis even though he is patient but he does like to tease him quite a bit um and so there is that that whole thing but he's really you know but he is i guess yeah you're right he is like patient with him but there is definitely the sense that they are not understanding each other at all like, um, you know, like Lestat is, is like, he's, he's basically like, I don't know how, quite how to describe it. He He's almost like, you're not, you're not catching up or eventually you'll understand this and eventually you're going to get over this. Right. Like, so there is this, this sort of feeling that, um, wherever Lestat is, he's at the sort of higher level than Louis is. And so, you know, you can already sort of see where the tensions are going to be down the line. So um, I don't know. I, I kind of enjoyed that whole tension in this episode, but also the sense of humor where, you know, they're not seeing eye to eye. And that includes, um, you know, when they I don't know if it was at the end of the, it was at the end of the last episode or this episode where it's like when. Yeah, it's this episode where he. You know, the first night he beds down, uh, Lestat's like, oh, you could be on top. Not it's like totally not um, like sort of processing that this is all horrific for Louis. Louis is just like, what? We're supposed to sleep in a coffin together, right? Like, <laughs> like it's all it's all very strange. Um, so I don't know. I just thought that that was that was kind of funny. And yeah, um, clearly, they don't have to sleep in a coffin. No. Because uh, at least in Louis, the current timeline, he's like, this is my coffin, this apartment. Right. But then they he also has, you know, things that were probably not as much available, like the, you know, the 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 glass that can be completely blacked out and all yeah. that. There were some uh, interesting elements of this episode, uh, like with the tractor salesman and when he's finally going in for this very sloppy first attempt mm. uh, and Lestat saying to him, like, no, don't bite the blood. <laughs> I thought that was pretty hilarious. Um, uh, and then he's like, oh, I got to get out of here because he immediately feels all this re regret and w walks out into the morning light. 
And that goes extremely badly for him. And Lestat doesn't really even say anything. I guess he feels like he'll learn that lesson the hard way, which he does. But I got to wonder what happened to the milkman who was like standing next to him, watching him burn up in the sunlight. Right. Uh, So hopefully that guy either has forgotten that or I don't know. I don't know what happened there. Uh, I thought those were some interesting sort of scenes. Uh, and then I don't know if it's too fast to go to the opera scene. Oh, there's he, they buy the the club. Lestat warns him against right. it. He's like, don't do it. Like human and vampire business, never a good ma- uh, ma- match mix. Right. And you don't want to be too much in the spotlight. And so that's that's kind of a, he's like, we, we you, you're supposed to be operating sort of like on the outskirts in the shadows so that you don't draw a lot of attention. I feel like running a club is exactly what a vampire should do, though. Yeah, maybe. If they, I don't know how Lestat still has money. Um, maybe he has investments. But, uh, you know, he, he says, like, we have all the money we need. Um, you don't have to do anything. But he helps Louis buy the club and finally he can stop calling mr anderson mr anderson i think he just calls him dan or something in this mm-hmm. episode which is good it, and he kills a guy for being too patronizing to him yep. and it is nice to see him be able to to come around on that even though lestat actually gets pretty mad at him for killing that guy because he's important we haven't actually seen any of these kills these murders come back on them yet not yet but, but i, I wonder I mean... yeah you think it's kind of, like yeah they're they're literally uh sh- you know shitting where they eat uh constantly right like they, right. um there's been a fever in town killing people by the docks the whole time Lestat's been here mm-hmm. and uh that's that can't last forever without people paying attention um the the opera scene i think is really fantastic because well, it for the reason that Louis, even in his voiceover, is saying like this is where Lestat separates uh, people from food is music, yeah. Um, and like he's in love with the the voice of the soprano, but when the tenor starts singing, you know the tenor's no good, and that enrages him, and then that leads yep. to the next the scene where Louis is like. I really don't want to do this, but I'm going to do it for you, Lestat, kind of at the end. Uh, so he's still like he has decided, I think, that he's not going to be as good at this or a natural. But he is still committed to Lestat for one reason or another. Like they are just they're intertwined for the moment. Yeah, and I mean, I think he still feels like he has things to to learn from Lestat, and um, he's a novice, even though time has passed. Um, and so he reluctantly, he definitely reluctantly participates, but he is participating. Yeah, he did uh, learn in this episode the uh, the mind reading trick, mm-hmm. but he hasn't learned, as far as we know, the stop time, you know, uh, punch through heads. I don't. I don't know if these are tricks. Right, that... and there, there is, you know, a feeling that you know that's part of why he's staying with the stats to learn some of these things. Um, but yes, so he learns this, and um, and you know, there's these things where the things that Lestat is saying, like you know, I couldn't bear to let the like he he's playing with the tenor because he's just like, oh gosh, you know, and he even is like playing notes on the piano, and the guy's still getting them wrong or something like that, and like there is there is a tension there. 
where he's just like, well, he just can't live if he's like singing like this, you know, <laughs> like, like, and it's like a matter of fact thing that he does uh, that separates the two of them. So he is, you do see that they are still, even, even if Louis is sort of doing an eye rolly thing here and is reluctantly, um, you know, a, a play actor in this tableau, he still is. Um, so there, there is that. Um, I mean, it's 1916 in this yeah. scene. And he says to Malloy in this episode that he hasn't killed anybody since 2000, which means that, okay, so he, he's like, he's expressing that he's not into it, but he's going to do it for another 80, 84 years, mm-hmm. right? I mean, maybe not the whole time. Maybe he has some other vegan uh, bouts or whatever, but uh, yeah. Please, like. <laughs> He eats like roadkill and stuff like that, or he eats like. Well, other- it has to be alive, yeah. Um, so other interesting things that are happening in this episode are when he goes to visit his sister Grace, uh, with her. Yeah. Th- like the twins have been born now. There's Benny, and she gives Benny to him, and then leaves the room, and then he starts to have pangs, and these are really tough scenes because you're yeah. like, please don't eat your nephew. And, yet and he he's almost really does. struggling with that. He almost does. He's really struggling with it. And like he he leaves the baby on the floor and leaves the house, which I guess is the only thing he could do. But also, yeah, that would be grounds for like you you're not welcome here anymore in my house. Right. Um. I gotta say though, babies do smell great. So uh, I could understand if he was just like this. Baby smells really good. Yeah. They do smell good. They do, um, but they probably smell really good to a vampire um, <laughs> for other reasons. Uh, there's uh, also a question here. How many vampires are there? And Lestat says, unfortunately, not that many. Only 100 or 101 now, which I don't know. Um, again, I haven't been in these, books, in these books for a long time, but I don't know. Well, maybe well, we'll find out that that's true or not, but Lestat might not. Lestat might not know. How many there um, are? I think there's yeah. more. Yeah, I think he knows about the vampires in Paris because he ran into them. And there's, you know, at least within the books, I don't know what they're going to do here, how they're going to have this play out. I'm sure they're going to have it play out in some way. They have to go but, to Paris, right? Right. Um, but just the way that Lestat is living is a big no-no in terms of the vampires in Europe, or at least the ones in Paris, because they're all like, "Oh, we're gonna we're gonna live as creatures of the night. We're gonna like." feed on people but we're also going to be you know we're not human and we're not going to live like them and we're these little like fripperies mean nothing to us and the fact that they're living out loud in the open i mean to some extent lestat's thing about the business the human business and the vampire business is a little of a throwback to that and like maybe that does have them on edge for this reason but we'll have to see how this plays out if it is the same but um you know Lestat is basically a rogue and um, at least if they go by what the books did he was made a vampire by somebody who was also kind of an outcast Um, and so never learned what he was supposed to learn as part of like a vampire coven or something so he's kind of doing his own thing um, living this sort of like dandy lifestyle with Louis and I mean I think he's lonely which is why he made Louis Um, but but you're also, I think, supposed to have permission and there's no, like, he shouldn't be making these decisions on his own, so um, maybe he's making up how much he knows or how much he thinks he knows just to sort of placate Louis, and that's probably what's going on. Um, so, you know, that's that's 
how it's how it's going to be. I do think that the way that they show the sort of the thing with the nephew was powerful. And also there's always this idea like why why people can't they have to separate basically from their former lives and humanity. And I think this was like such a good illustration of that. Right. Um, so and that he's other and, um, you know, like it's horrific to him um and it's horrific for him that he is like feeling tempted by this whole thing but also he went he like consciously went over to their house for the first time in years and lestat says later like you had been skipping meals like this is why this happened uh if you know like logically he should have been he should have eaten something before he went over there like that would have but like this feels like something that was easily avoidable, right? Uh, and if you're if you're a vampire and and you're like, oh, I miss my family, make sure you you're not gonna like kill them when you go to visit them. Like that feels like a pretty basic vampire thing to do. So I'm a little disappointed that uh, he even put himself in that position. But maybe he's not thinking that rationally. He's a vampire, right? And then you know, and Lestat definitely like talks to him about how like well you don't need your family anymore because i'm your family and that's like why i made you and all this other stuff and um it's it's really um you you know like you get again it's much more of a sympathetic view of the stat um but there's also like an impatience that he has because he doesn't understand why louis can't just sort of cut this all off it's been six years i don't feel like it's impatience i feel like it's it's frustration maybe but it's he is that's what i'm saying like he did he's gone above and beyond i think um and i think they probably do need to just get out of new orleans they cut ties with uh with louis home that might help right yeah yeah um but yeah like there's yeah you know like this book and this story has always been about like how Lestat appreciates Louis's uh tenderness mm. but I also feel like I mean and he talks about how you are a challenge every single day and that's what I love about you um I just feel like that would be so exhausting <laughs> to be yeah. so dedicated to this person who just is the kind of like fighting you on every every step right and i mean i think there's also you know the feeling list out's like why aren't you enjoying life come on stop being depressed <laughs> i've given you this like amazing gift let's go and enjoy and just have fun and um but you know maybe that's part of the tension is that because louis is still tied to humanity maybe that is something that Lestat actually likes um and it's different and one of the things about Lestat that you know you get is that he gets bored very easily which is why he's always doing these incredibly like sort of elaborate little tableaus and play scenes with humans. Um, but it's, um, but anyway, again, I think that they do, despite the fact that they have reworked some of this and reworked some of these things, I think they do an incredible good, incredibly good job at keeping the core of what these characters are supposed to be and showing that tension with them. Um, even though I do, I agree. Like I do think the stat is like definitely much more sympathetic, um, in these throughout. And again, we'll have to see what happens next. Um, also, you know, like the stat does talk about traveling. Um, so, you know, I think we'll hopefully see a little bit of that. Um, and 
I think they have to end up in Paris, though. I don't I don't see that. I think that would be too much of a key thing to cut out. I'm Although pretty sure that there is a there is a cast member for um, Armand and there's a cast member for Claudia. So I'm I'm pretty sure that that's right. But they talk about Rome. So maybe they they maybe they yeah. read it and have it in Italy instead. I don't know. But like, you know, mm. that was such a huge piece of this. Um, And, you know, it, but we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. So. Um, and it's Lestata Lioncourt. So it's like he's French. So one would imagine they have to end up back in the the hometown he, at some he point. He is right? French, but he drops Italian like it ain't no big deal, too. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. he's definitely multilingual. Uh, I'm loving this. I'm loving this show. I feel like this is it's telling a story that I'm familiar with, but, but it's telling it in a new way. It in a better way. I like yeah. a lot. And I think that the interactions between um louis and daniel are really awesome um and they do it's a nice juxtaposition between modern day um louis and and daniel oh sorry daniel malloy oh yeah 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 malloy yeah yeah Yeah, those are those are really interesting too for sure um i think you know bogosian eric bogosian is just like has this thing about his his the way he looks at, at people the way he kind of does these scenes there's like a an emotional kind of rawness there somehow it, it feels it feels uh it feels wild uh, and at the end of this episode uh he like finally kind of opens up and shares something with with louis whereas he's been kind of semi-hostile the whole time mm-hmm. uh so like we're gonna see that relationship change too over the course of this season of this show so that's kind of interesting well, and I mean, he's hostile. We even see it in the first episode. Well, he's hostile because he's gotten this diagnosis of um, Parkinson's, right? I think. Um, yeah, Parkinson's. And he is really angry that he was not made a vampire. Like he wants the gift and or he's... Do you think he still does? I don't know, but I think we'll Maybe that's why he's come, out. maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Um, and maybe he just this impacted his life so much it changed everything and he even sort of says that to louis is that he kind of he both made him and ruined him um and so i do like that tension and i think that seeing the relationship between louis and daniel and also louis and lestat that just provides like it's just a fascinating um like watching the two different interactions is really interesting because at least with daniel Louis has the upper hand or it feels like he has the upper hand and more knowledge. And then it's flipped at least what we see at this point with Lestat and Louis. So it's, it's just sort of like trying to get this knowledge and Daniel wants to like finish this interview and do like, you you know, he felt robbed because Louis had taken the tape. So the fact that he sent them back was interesting. I don't know. I, I just, I think this is really well done and I'm enjoying it. So, so I'm excited to watch the next couple of episodes. Yeah. So uh, let's, Let's revisit this. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. We'd love to hear your thoughts on these first couple episodes or the series in general. Um, We'll be talking about episodes three and four next time. Um, But if you want to reach out to us, feel free to reanimatedpodcast at gmail.com or you can find us at reanimated.podbean.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this. I'm I'm very curious for people who are, if people are fans of the books, like what, what your thoughts are and sort of the changes. I'm personally really enjoying it. And I think that this is honestly um, 
to me, a really incredible interpretation or reinterpretation and bringing it into the modern day and addressing a lot of different things and honestly making it richer. I'm very curious to see what they do with the Mayfair um, uh, franchise as well, um, since they also did something with that before. I think they did a couple of things earlier as well, although I, I'll admit I don't think I've watched them. Um, so, did you- I mean, on one side, I guess they have to bring it into the 20th century to have Louis's story be what it is in this version, but they are making him a hundred years younger as a vampire too, which like, yeah, it's probably going to work out. And I think what they're gaining in terms of the storytelling about his character Mm -hmm. is probably overall a net, a net gain, but it's like hundreds of years mean something for these vampires too. Cause it like adds to their, I don't know their power in a way, Experience doesn't it? Power. Yep, yep. Because they're uh, even more powerful. <laughs> so I guess that would be one sort of like maybe negative to the changes that they're making on the show, but it depends on how they're going to interpret age and vampires and the importance of that. And I'm also curious to what they're going to do with the stat. I mean, they've showed us some of his powers, and I mean, at least in the books, part of why he is such a powerful vampire is because he was made by a vampire who had never made any progeny. And the older you are, and if you've not made somebody before, the more powerful your progeny will be. Um, And so there's some implication um, that the reason why Louis is not quite as powerful, at least in the books, is because Lestat has been a little bit sloppy and made other people. And so I'm curious whether, and I don't want to talk, I mean, it's spoilers, but I mean, in in the books, he he makes his mother a vampire and he makes somebody else a vampire. Uh, like he makes a few different ones so by the time he gets to louis louis is not quite as powerful so i'm curious if they they're tweaking that a little bit it feels like that maybe they are because of the mind reading thing but um i will have to see how that plays out too so i'm curious if they're tweaking those kinds of differences that mythology piece in in this series too yeah uh, fascinating and i can't wait to to dig in more i might have to start rereading the book i don't know if i'll have time to get through it before the next time we talk about it but i might do it yeah, it's actually a pretty easy read. It's a popcorn book, you know, and yeah. and and that's the other thing is that like it because it is like sort of like a popcorn gothic novel, and that doesn't mean that it's you know, it is that kind of like there's scenes in it, and you read it, and you're you kind of grown a little bit, and like you know, my eighth grade self was like, oh, this is so cool, right? <laughs> now you read it, you read it now, you're like, oh, okay, okay, I see what I see what's going on here, and it's uh, but it's still fun, and it's you know, so and there, but there's definitely some things that are very dated within it. So. Yeah, there there was, I mean, there's cringe in a lot of it, but it's mm-hmm. it's also stuck with me over over yeah. the years and so like it has a it has a value there's like an intrinsic sentimentality for right, me right. with this so series we'll to, so. so we'll have to see but i i will try to reread things too so i'm i'm able to talk about this in a more complex way but uh but yeah um but looking forward to it and and until next time uh feel better feel better intrepid co-host yeah thanks <laughs> so hopefully you'll skip this round of respiratory whatevers oh gosh i hope so and uh thanks for listening everybody and uh bye-bye for now ciao